Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. I don't want to talk to anyone at 9 a.m. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. I think I sometimes talk too much. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. I'm Hopeless. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. The CVS is really not going to have everything you're looking for the day before Christmas. Hey, everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell? This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And this week we are asking, what's your mom superpower? This was suggested by Pam Marie on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash whatfreshhellcast. If you join our group, you can start conversations. And so Pam Marie said, what's your mom's superpower? We often talk about what we get wrong, but what about the things you're really good at? Time to flex, what fresh hell community. So thanks for the suggestion. It was a good one. I love this suggestion. I love what happened on this thread that people were really happy to think about what they're good at. And it's a good reminder that especially in these dark times, literally, figuratively, metaphorically, and every other way, that we should spend some time patting ourselves on the back. I have a longstanding problem saying back pat on this podcast. I've tried to say it before, like, give yourself a pat back, but it's back pat. Pat yourself on the back. You could just say pat on the back back. Maybe that's all you need is to separate it. I should just go with that, I guess. But I do think that giving yourself a pat on the back every once in a while, my father-in-law often says, like, everyone needs an attaboy every once in a while. And sometimes you have to give it to yourself. And this was such a nice thread because people were telling their superpowers. And then other people were saying, like, great job with that superpower. I really admire you. And it was a love fest. And I appreciated it. Yeah, Nicole says it made me smile just to take a minute and think of my strengths. <laughs> yeah, because I do think this is something we don't often do because we tend to focus on like, what do we need to improve as a family? It helped me remember, like, let's spend some time on like, who did a great job on something this week, too? What's going great? Yeah. You know, there's like a thing in schools now. I caught you being good. No, I don't know this. Sometimes these people post them. I don't know if I've ever seen it in my kid's school, but they have something in my kid's school called being a bucket filler, which is like their idea is, I think it's based on a book, but you can either dip into other people's buckets or help fill other people's buckets. And so you want to be a bucket filler. That's what they talk about at the school. 
And sometimes you have to be a self Yes, bucket. sometimes you have to fill your own bucket. But sometimes the kids will come out of school for the day and they'll have a sticker on that says, I was a bucket filler. Oh. And then I'll say, oh, what happened? Oh, my friend didn't have a pencil and I lent her one or whatever. So they try, I think a lot of schools are trying to reorient towards you know, finding people being good. And I like this practice of let's talk about our strengths. So what's your mom's superpower? I have two mom superpowers. My number one superpower is that I have what my husband refers to as the super sniffer. I can smell anything. Like if someone, I mean, I can't think of its practical use right now. It has a lot of downsides because also if I cook something, I smell it for four days. Like my nose is, I'm a super sniffer. And so, but it used to be like, I would walk in the house and be like, someone's got a dirty diaper in here. You know, I mean, I have a super sniffer. Okay. It helps the world, even if it's not good for you. It's for the larger world. It's a wonderful thing. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's a superpower in its own way. The other thing I'm very good at is when my kids like something that they taste somewhere else or at someone else's house, I am very good at reverse engineering recipes. Oh. So like if we go to Cheesecake Factory and there's like an enchilada that they like, I mean, a lot of times I just Google it, but I Google like six recipes and I make the mid version of those six things. And that's a superpower of mine. Okay. All right. What's your superpower, Amy? Mom's superpower? I was reflecting on this and I think my superpower is my ability of visual recall. Like I can remember something by seeing it in my head. So I can like remember a phone number or something by like just really concentrating and trying really hard to see the, you know, brownie troop contact list on the bulletin board. It's almost like I can see it and then I can like zoom in and actually see the phone number and almost read it because from the picture I have in my head. I have this a little bit with my calendar that I we keep a family calendar on the fridge and I use colored markers because I'm very good at being like, I don't know what we have today, but I know there's something in red today. Something in green. Right, right. And so I know to go check because I don't remember what it, I can't zoom in. I don't remember what it was, what time it's happening, but I'm pretty good at like, OK, there's something in red today. This also helps when somebody needs to know where they're collared shirt is for church or something and I can you know again like zoom like look at picture the closet like it's on your second shelf it's mom it's not there yes it is it's on the second shelf there's a red sweater and then look to the left of it and oh here it is this superpower fails me because I'm always like I can picture it it's in the house somewhere but that's about as far as I can get yes like it's like I know I saw it but where I cannot remember the context is sometimes lacking but just keep going I think you also share the superpower with Emily, Renee, many other people. Scheduling is my superpower, says Emily. Yeah. You're a good scheduler, aren't you? I'm a very good scheduler. Eileen, let's give Eileen some kudos. She says her kids have not had a single tardy late to school for either kid in a combined seven years. Wow. That's impressive. That I what all the tardies that she is saving, I am taking. My kids have had a combined one million tardies. I would say that you probably have to have some buy-in from your kids. You have to have kids who also like to be on time and not tardy, or they will undercut you here, but that's pretty impressive. I mean, mad respect to the schedule, moms. Michelle says she needed a little flexing. Thanks for asking. I'm really on top of everything going on schedule wise and having a clear and thought out direction of how to raise my kids. That sounds pretty good, Michelle. Be friends with Michelle. I have the second thing. I feel like I have a pretty good superpower of 
feeling pretty confident in how I want to raise my kids. The practice of it often goes completely off the rails, but I feel like having a clear thought out direction of how to raise my kids, I feel like I've got that superpower. I think I do a really good job of like, so my oldest is applying to college right now and what he needs to be doing. And it is, I mean, it's stressful and there's a lot to do. We've managed to have it not be a panicked thing because I am keeping a very good schedule like, okay, today is whatever. And by now you need to be pivoting to this essay and it works. Although, of course, I'm still in charge of it. And sometimes I'm the jerk because there's eight essays to write. I'm just the messenger. You end up getting the blowback because it's like, well, we don't want to do that. It's like, well, I didn't make up that you want to go to college. I'm just trying to help you get there, you know? Right. Take it up with the admissions counselor, please. It's interesting that like scheduling is so not my superpower. It's in fact my Achilles heel. And I've worked on it and I have the phone and it's supposed to ping me. Yesterday, my son had a Zoom Boy Scout meeting. I am the worst. I ran a troop. And it used to drive me crazy to deal with these moms. And now I am the mom who misses every Boy Scout meeting. So yesterday, I set an alarm. His Boy Scout meeting was at 3.30. I set an alarm at 3.25. It went off. I went to get him. And I said, you've got a Boy Scout meeting. You've got to get ready for it. And then I went into the bathroom. And by the time I came out of the bathroom, I completely forgot about the Boy Scout meeting. And then I got a text at 3.40 saying, why aren't you on the Boy Scout meeting? And then there was much wailing and gnashing of the teeth as I dragged him to the computer. I mean, I'm hopeless. Can I give you a little hint that has actually helped me with the thing that I keep forgetting these days? Yes. You just have to keep adding. What can you add? What can you take away? So my daughter needs to have a temperature check form every morning before she attends school in person because that's how her school is doing it right now. And we forget. So first we put, we live in New York City. So first we put a post-it note right by the elevator saying temperature check. That didn't work. Then I put a note on the coffee maker temperature check. So I would see it while I was getting my coffee. That was also not sufficient. So we set up an alarm on our smart speaker to go off every weekday morning right before she leaves for school. And that alarm reminds me to do it. But Amy, the alarm went off. But then by the time I went to get my kid, I had already forgotten. Well, that's what I'm saying. The alarm is the third reminder. It's not the only reminder. Like I have the note on the coffee maker and the alarm. Yeah. I mean, the problem is we have our whole front door of our house is, you know, it's got you have your phone. (laughs) It's got all these notes on it. But you just get inured to it after two seconds. And so you stop seeing it. Right. So so just, yeah, add another fail safe. That's my superpower is adding more layers until you don't forget. Adding fail safes. I think I might be able to Lex Luthor that superpower in you because, man, I can undermine (laughs) any system for scheduling. I just, it's terrible. I will say, you turned me on to the phone calendar and that helps. The other thing I do now all the time is I use reminders on my iPhone. So I just hit the side button on my iPhone. If you say to me, like, let's pick up and record, you know, something on Thursday. The first thing I do is I pick up my iPhone and I say, remind me on Thursday morning, I'm recording with Amy at 930. That pops up on my phone. That helps me. But even with all the safeguards, I'm a terrible scheduler. You need a mom to follow you around, a super mom with your schedule. (laughs) I really do. Indeed. That's what I always say. I need a wife. It's like I need some someone minding me. My husband's pretty good. Here's why you need, why all the schedule work is worth it, is bedtime. Brady says her superpower is bedtime. I'm really good at getting my kids to bed on time with minimal shenanigans. Then I have plenty of time to watch a show with an adult beverage. I will say as bad as I am about scheduling, I'm a bedtime boss. 
Yeah. I don't mess with bedtime. For you, bedtime is one thing and lights out is a second thing, right? It's like you guys are upstairs and you're, you're in bed and you can read for a while. It isn't like lights out. Yeah. And I will say the pandemic has uh, softened the ground a little bit. Like it used to be 730 upstairs, eight o'clock lights out. We have so much downtime now. I feel like the kids used to kind of have busy days and then 730 they would go upstairs and play. Eight o'clock was in bed and then 830 was maybe lights out. But it's like they really wanted that time to play with each other, lie around and read. And now it's like that time is not as appealing because they've been doing that all day. Right. So I have definitely found that it involves a lot more. It's a lot. Bedtime has gotten a bit more chaotic, but still it's eight o'clock bedtime. And and I will say the darkness, I mean, it's dark at 4.30. It's been dark for four hours. It's like, go to bed already. I was reminded this week of how important it is when you want your kids to get to sleep, to not just go to bed, but get to sleep, to take the, you know, the screens away. I have three teenagers, so they're, you know, they're doing homework online or they're looking at their phones or whatever. But it's true for us, too. I gave my son a detective novel to read over a long weekend that he didn't have school. And he does like detective novels and stuff. So we started reading it. Anyway, I go to ask him something at like 9.15 at night. This is a a high schooler. He was sound asleep for the night in his clothes, you know, under the covers because he read five pages of a novel instead of playing, you know, on his switch, which he could have been up to one o'clock in the morning, right? It's a very different use of your brain somehow. And I mean, I understand bedtime is complicated for people. I know it's hard, but yeah, the rewards of well-slept kids cannot be overstated. I mean, I have seen my kids. One of my kids is a Boy Scout, and so they do campouts. And I mean, on a campout, he gets, you know, six hours of sleep. And the next day, he's a monster. And I think like, I might think this was my real kid if he just slept six hours a night every night, you know? I mean, when he gets nine hours of sleep, He's not an angel, but he's a much different kid than six hours of sleep. And I'm the same way. I mean, I can't overstate how important bedtime is. And the other big thing for me is that we went away once with a couple and their kid was running around until one o'clock in the morning and I couldn't go to sleep. It was a small cabin thing. I just kept thinking like, I want to go to bed. And that's what Clore says. Yes. Bedtime routine. My kids are down by 730. And then the rest of the night is me time or time with my husband. And that's, we always have a show. My husband and I, as we discussed, one hour a night, we watch one show. And I'm often by eight o'clock so ready to like get in bed with my little cup of chamomile tea and watch my show that it's got to be silent. And sometimes now they run around until nine and we have to go out and kind of have words with them and stuff. But it's basically by 830, I want to be under a blanket on the couch watching my Netflix. It'll change. I'm the ghost of mom's future. It changes. And now my time with my spouse is in the morning because the kids can stay up later than us every night of the week, but they will also sleep until we wake them on a weekend morning. So you have your quiet time, maybe even your watch TV time, but it's at 9 a.m., not 9 p.m. Oh, that sounds horrifying. I don't want to talk to anyone at 9 a.m. It's okay. Melanie says, and when you were talking about them running around in the cabin, this is a related superpower that she protects her son's sleep, including nap. This can be tricky, I think, when you're with, you know, friends, family members and stuff. But with all my kids, whatever their ages were, they got one nap a day, at least in their crib. Like it wasn't like you can't have all nap in the stroller, no nap, whatever, all the time and have a happy kids. We would do one nap in their crib no matter what. 
Yeah, my sister-in-law modeled this in our family. My brother and his wife had kids really young, so I was 21 or whatever. And we'd be on vacation. It's like, oh, let's da-da-da. And it's like, no, we have to get the kid home to nap. And I was always kind of like, the napping with the kid. But she's absolutely right, and I became the exact same mom. Like, I don't want to spend six hours in the afternoon with a kid who took a 20-minute nap. It's going to be a nightmare for all of us. Right. Let's just commit to the nap. It's for the greater good. It's for the greater good. All right, we'll be right back. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. We agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. (laughs) But all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Amy, so much feedback and I really like this topic and I wasn't expecting it from this question about people whose superpower is looking after their kids' emotional well-being. And for a lot of people, Mm. this was particularly meaningful because they were breaking patterns in their own family. And I think this is something, this is probably a whole episode, right? Which I don't think, have we really done this episode yet, Amy? It's like parenting like differently from your own parenting. Yeah. Yeah, like breaking cycles with your own parenting, I think is really interesting and something that would be a great tip. Put it on the list because I think that's a really interesting topic and can be really challenging. Like when we are not parented well to create healthy families, and I always have particular admiration For people who I know, I was raised in a very healthy, loving, emotionally intelligent family. And I do think it's easier for me to parent because of that, because I'm basically just modeling my parents' parenting again, and it's going pretty well. 
But I have, and even within my own family, I know people who had, whatever the issue may have been, a parent who was absent, unavailable for whatever reason, had struggles of their own and were not able to be a great emotionally supportive parent. When I see people create their own families in that, I'm always quite amazed by it. So let's talk about Tasha. She says that she's good at switching gears emotionally. I admire this. She says, you know how a three-year-old can go through a huge temper tantrum and then all of a sudden give you a hug and be happy? I am good at going with them to the happy emotions. Oh, I love that, but I don't want to be a Debbie Downer because I really do love that. I do think this gets harder as the kids get more functional because a three-year-old is extremely adorable and their emotional, you know change-ups, it's a little easier to ride the wave. I do find this harder with a 12-year-old. It is, but I'll tell you what really helps is to remember that your goal is a peaceful home or a happy home or the tantrum to be over. That's your goal. That's everybody's goal. That's your kid's goal, too. And if that's the goal, then there's no reason to carry over the like, oh, now you're being nice. Oh, now you're asking nicely. I don't remember that you know, 10 minutes ago. You're not gaining anything from that because the goal is peace sooner. And when you can remember that, then it does get a lot easier to, you know, to switch horses. Your kid is not good at regulation and they feel bad about that. And, you know, and underlining how bad they are at regulation will not get them back to a happy state any sooner. Absolutely right. And it's something I'm working on. Amy says, it goes against my instincts sometimes, but when I take a deep breath and allow my children to talk without an automatic angry mom response, then actually listen, I get farther with them. And like, this is the key. This is what you're saying, right? It's like, you have to remember your goal. We often say come in under them, you know, that sometimes you have the instinct when my kid comes barging out of his room. Yeah. Oh, where are my shoes? That I go, your shoe, where did you live? You know, every time I come in over my kids, it doesn't go well. I could take a little bit of this, though, from Amy that you just don't say anything. You know, I think I sometimes talk too much. To not say anything is really hard, but almost always a good choice. Yeah. Vanessa says her superpower is being able to drop whatever she's doing at pretty much any time and give 100% enthusiastic support when my kid communicates an interest in something or asks a complex question. This reminded me of you, Amy, with your Googling at the dinner table. That's true. Although I, sometimes I do have at least one kid who's like, Mom, are you even listening to me right now? I'm like, Oh, sorry. I don't always hop on it with the superpower of Vanessa. But yeah, chase their curiosity. Oh, no. Our goal is never 100% enthusiastic <laughs> support whenever your kid communicates, because that's not going to happen. Because a lot of what they're communicating about is Fortnite, and it's really boring. But I do like this idea, and I've adopted it from you. Our dinner table right now, and I remember this being the dinner table of my youth, too, but my sister and I would talk about like celebrities and soap operas and stuff. And I remember my mom just always saying... We're not talking about that at the dinner table. We need to talk about stuff that everyone is interested in at the dinner table and finding that very annoying. But now I find with my two boys, they would sit at the dinner table and talk about Fortnite and YouTube videos all day long. And I do find it very irritating to have cooked an entire dinner and then listen to the two of them like basically (laughs) recite YouTube videos to each other. And so... I have tried, first of all, we got the table topics thing, which we've talked about a million times, which are questions. And last night, the question, you can look at, just Google table topics. They sell it. I'll put a link in the show notes. Look at Amy taking care of you. That's your superpower. 
providing information, Amy. But last night it was, would you go to space if you could? And we had a really interesting conversation. And why isn't there oxygen in space? And we ended up Googling some stuff. And I do find that is help. And often what I do is when it gets too Fortnite-y and youtube I say, I'm going to get out of table topic and we're going to talk about this because I don't want to sit there and talk about nonsense all night at the dinner table. I have to ask, would you go to space if you could? A hundred percent, a billion, million times no. I don't want to take a one-hour flight to Buffalo. Like, the idea that I would go to space is the most absurd thing on Earth. It seems really not fun. I cannot imagine anything worse. Yeah. But my husband, who's an engineer and a scientist, would go tomorrow. Like, he really wants to go. Like, he thinks about it. He's like, I really hope they get spaceflight going in my lifetime. He really wants to go. He has stuff to accomplish. He wants to get up there so he can, like, you know, knock around a little bit. Well, he just has that massive, that gift of insane curiosity and very little anxiety. And so nothing about it is scary to him and everything about it is fascinating to him. And I'm like, send me a postcard, dude, because I'm not going. I want to give a shout out to Sue's superpower because I don't have it. And this sounds like a really good superpower to have. She says, I do not carry my kids emotional burdens. It took a while, but now I see them as opportunities for them to develop coping mechanisms and resilience. Yeah, this is a tough one. And I think it's something that a lot of us struggle with. But it is I think it's a lovely idea and something to keep in mind, like that you are not there to solve everything. Sometimes you're just there to walk alongside your kid. That can be really hard for people. We keep talking about it during these last, you know, crazy months that it's not our job to make it seem like the pandemic isn't happening. And I have to tell myself a lot because I think I don't still don't really believe that that's true. I need to make things as merry and light and bright as possible for everyone. And maybe I don't. Yeah. And I think I mean, I do think that one of the issues of growing up in a family like mine where I was extremely supported, I don't mean this as a criticism of my family at all, but it it is something I notice is that when I left home and went to college, I was pretty overcome by anxiety. I had not faced a lot of adversity. Yeah. And so I do think that some of my troublesome anxiety as a 20 something was that like I hadn't faced a ton of adversity. They Everything was kind of a soft landing. And suddenly I was like kind of, I felt like a little like baby sheep out among <laughs> the like scary, you know, wolves of the forest that I did not, I felt not super ready for that. Everything's a trade-off, right? You're not going to get this perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. Shivangi says, my superpower is talking my sensitive kid through hard emotional times. Sometimes it's just a hug. Lots of times it's talking, knowing when he's overstimulated and generally not okay and teaching him how to deal. And I, this is something that a lot of people discuss, this idea of like the mom radar, like knowing when to pick up on things and how to dial into that. This is so good. Yeah. It's a journey and a process and I'm still, and this is another thing, right? It changes. My kid who used to love hugs now does not want me coming in with a hug when he's struggling. And so you have to always kind of adapt to a changing situation. Every time you're like, I've got it, it changes a little bit on you. At the same time, Halston answered this similarly, and she said she wants her kids to have an emotional toolbox. And like, that's the goal. You can, your eight-year-old who's having a huge reaction to something needs a hug needs you to work it through with him sitting right next to him but it's his toolbox because when he's 18 or 15 or whatever he needs to do that 
by himself a little bit more. And then, of course, when he's an adult, all by himself. And that's the goal. So it's great to be able to know the perfect thing to say to your kid. But part of the thing to say to your kid is, you know how to do this. This is something I teach adults and I teach public speaking. And one of the things I teach always is this idea of the toolbox, right? That like you should try on like being a confident speaker, being a overwhelming speaker, being an anxious speaker. We basically try on various ways of communicating, not that you're going to suddenly put on a mask and be this new sort of person, but that you should have in your toolbox all sorts of ways of adapting. And I think sometimes people mistake that as like, whatever, over coddling or that you really are trying to give your kids tools. That's such a good metaphor, I think. Here's a good superpower that I think you and I both deploy in our homes to good use, a sense of humor. Rebecca says, I'm good at making my teenager laugh. I use this power often to turn a tense situation around in a cranky teen into a somewhat mollified, giggly daughter again. Yeah. I mean, it's so nice to have. And it, again, it's not 100%. I mean, I often have this go wrong. And I mean, I used to do comedy in clubs and it goes wrong in the same way. Like sometimes <laughs> you point to someone in the club and you're like, how you doing, sir? And he's like, I hate your face. And you're like, wow, that didn't go great. You know, and teens and tweens and even little kids can be the same. Like sometimes my kids are in no mood for it. And I try to come in with like, oh, it looks like someone had a bad day. And they're like, mom, you never respect me. You know, it works sometimes. It doesn't work sometimes. And Amy, while we're on the topic of picking up on your kids' signals, I feel we need to acknowledge the superpower that is vomit radar. Okay. Lee says... When my kids were younger, I had a really good vomit radar. <laughs> I could always tell when someone was about to puke and get them to the bathroom or at least a towel. <laughs> Pam says, I was pretty good at watching something. I'm trying to imagine, like, what does she tune into? There's like a little like rip in the space time continuum. Like she hears it. Oh, no. Come on. Because I had three toddlers at once. I was amazing with my vomit radar. Like if a kid's like, <laughs> you hear a little sound and you're like, run, run. I remember screaming at my husband be like, grab that kid. And just, I mean, sometimes the first vomit comes out of the blue, but once a kid is vomited and you're looking for vomiting, if your vomit radar is carefully attuned. Right. The blue light is already on and, and it's very, yeah, you can see it lying in wait. So my vomit radar was great, but Elizabeth has a superpower that I never possessed. The vomit comfort giving super mom yeah. always makes them feel better. They can vomit on me, never dad. And I hold their foreheads over the toilet. This was never my superpower. I was always like. Oh, I, I, I was. Uh, I don't want a vomiting child near me. Well, you said you have the sympathetic issue. We were talking about that with the Amy Schumer documentary about her pregnancy. I am not yes. sympathetic in that way. You mean a sympathetic vomiter, which means if I see someone vomiting, I start to vomit. Yes. I didn't want to say the word too much. I know. I wanted to stop saying the word in case we have sympathetic people listening right now that, yes, I do not have that, so I can handle this. I mean, nobody wants to, but it doesn't cause a similar reaction in me. I guess that's my superpower. Yeah, I feel like people break down on this. Poop is not great for me. Blood is fine. Vomit is terrible. So it's like everyone's got a different triangle there. I faint. I cut my foot pretty badly when I was with my daughter once, and I felt myself about to faint. I'm like, I'm going to lie down. I'm going to lie down here on the ground. If I pass out, if somebody asks you what going, what's going on, just say, it's my mom. She passes out when she sees blood, but she's going to be okay. And just, I'll be right back. And like, that's what happened. Like I passed out for a few seconds and I came to and she was standing there looking at me. That's hilarious. Yeah. I do not have that problem. All right. More when we're back. 
Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health, and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. And now, your guide to mom superheroes. From the What Fresh Out podcast. Calm mom. The large C on her chest doesn't stand for catastrophe. This is Calm Mom. Able to soothe bleeding toddlers with a single word. Ready to counsel sullen teens. Banned from the popular table at lunchtime with helpful insights. This mom is cool, collected, and there to support kids in need day and night. Self-care woman. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a mom who knows she's no good to anyone else in her family unless she's taking care of herself first. Self-care mom can fill a bubble bath in seconds flat and sweet Odin's beard. If you don't see her in front of a sink full of dirty dishes, it's probably because she's letting her kids watch some screens so she can finish enjoying her novel. The Van Lantern. To the minivan offspring, the Van Lantern is ready at the wheel. No late night scouts meeting, no 5.30 a.m. hockey practice is too daunting for this mom. She's got remote opening doors. Her temperature control beverage fits perfectly into her cup holder. She's revved up and ready to go. Bedtime mom. Faster than a speeding bullet when it comes to finding lost lovies at bedtime, this mom comes into her full power at 7.30 p.m. sharp. She's the ultimate slayer of monsters under the bed and requests for just one more glass of water bounce right off of her, so don't even bother. Captain Holiday. Some claim she was scratched as a child by a radioactive candy cane, but whatever the cause, Captain Holiday has never been the same. She starts decking the halls in October, and by December, she's got her home festooned from pillar to post. 
She's got inflatables, menorahs, and that Rudolph nose thing for the front of her car. Look out, Grinches. Mary has a new hero, and it's Captain Holiday. This has been your guide to mom superheroes. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Amy, let's talk about moms who are good at cheerleading and moms who are good at making memories. There's some overlap in this category. I am a Christmas morning, you know, silly pajamas memory maker, like always get the same photo of them coming down the stairs. I don't carry that over into the other 364 days very well, however. I feel this is a very strong superpower of mine. Sometimes to the annoyance of my entire family. I'm the like, let's go on the hayride. I found a fun mystery house that tilts in weird ways in the town we happen to be driving through. I feel like this is my superpower. Like making things fun in a way. You have the superpower of making the the photo calendar for the entire family superpower, which is like hats off to you because that's not me. Well, I almost bailed this year. I'm going to say I sent a thing out to the family and I'm like, family calendar seems kind of crazy this year. It's going to be just pictures, selfies of us in masks. Yes. But I'm doing it anyway because that's what 2020 was. Let's at least remember it. Carrie says schedule master and lead cheerleader. I make this ship run. And even if my husband isn't totally aware, it makes me feel good to know my plans help us all in every way. I am also the lead spirit coordinator. I work to make the memories. I like this superpower. Uh, Yeah, I get annoyed that I'm, I think it isn't my superpower, but I'm doing it anyway, and then I'm annoyed nobody's taking a turn. (laughs) This is the mom or nobody superpower. This is many areas of these superpowers can tilt into the danger of martyrdom, right? Which is like, I make it fun and no one makes it fun. And I did, I have to say, have to have a little bit of a talk with my husband that I want someone to make it fun for me, and that's his job. And he has really stepped up on that and become quite lovely at it but it it took some fairly harsh conversations in the beginning i feel like that's a good way to word it that's a good assignment yeah for your partner like i want somebody to make it fun for me yeah because it is fair i make all the kids birthdays super fun you know okay we're quarantined but then i'll schedule you know six friends at half hour intervals to come and i'll put up a big banner with your name and you can take pictures with your friends from six feet away like i make it fun i'm good at it i like it but Someone has to be doing that for me, too. And that's kind of my husband's job. And so, you know, early on, like my birthday would come and he'd be like, I got you a thing. And I was like, you know, if you'll remember, I made your birthday really fun. The three kids birthdays. Remember, I put this together for your family and we did this fun outing. I'm making it fun for everybody. And I want you to put it at your top of your list on my three special days a year. Make it fun for me. I have made it clear to those in my household that Christmas needs to be planned a little more carefully this year and a little more ahead of time and that the CVS is really not going to have everything you're looking for the day before Christmas in terms of gift giving. Yeah, that's a good note. Take that note. Start soon, guys. We'll see if they take it. I'm a good note giver. That might be my superpower is telling other people what to do. I'm really good at it. We'll see if they listen. Nikki says, we see you. We know how hard it is. Magic makers unite. There's an expression in the theater, right? A good director, you don't notice the director directing. A good lighting designer, you don't notice the lights. But like they enhance the experience. But you shouldn't walk out and be like, the lights were incredible in that show. Because the lighting designer's job is to be perfect yet invisible. And the director's job to some degree, too. You don't want to be like, oh, the directing was so... You know, you want to meld together. And I think this is the problem sometimes of being the magic maker, right? That's like, 
oh, the elves have come and festooned the home, you know, and it's not elves. It's you. We see you doing all of that work. I do think that I now at, you know, my advanced age, only right now have an appreciation for my mom and how much she did, you know? I just saw Christmas morning appeared. I just thought that all of the things that I just saw birthday parties manifested themselves, you know? And it's a long game because it took me an awful long time to appreciate how much work my mom did. That really helps me, though, to think of it as like, your mom did such a good job, right? Or or I do such a good job that it appears effortless. Yes. And it's a memory that your kids will carry with you. And they didn't notice how good the directing was because it was so good. I like that. So if nobody notices how hard you're working, it's because you're so, so good at it. Yeah, and I, I think it. you don't want it to become like thankless martyry, like, no, I guess I'll just do everything and everyone else will just take advantage of me. You don't want that. Let things fall away that are not bringing joy to you. You know, I mean, I love decorating the house for Christmas. I genuinely love going bonkers on that level. And especially this year where it's going to be maybe a little depressing. And so I go overboard and the kids help for a while. And the first couple of years I was like, you don't need to help and you're not helping and it's Christmas. And I've kind of let go of that. I'm like, I like doing this. And they put the ornaments on the tree and it looks bonkers and they help with certain things. I have one kid who every morning wakes up and runs around and turns on all the lights. He loves it. But I try to watch myself when I'm falling into that thing of like, I made it so special. Like no one's interested in that. And if it's not giving you joy, that's where you should be getting your reward, basically. Right. Jen says her superpower is taking too many pictures. She says, my husband complained when we were out pumpkin picking that I take too many pictures. And I said, it's not just pictures. I'm making memories. Are you making memories? (laughs) He knew when to be quiet. (laughs) I am also this person. I am the annoying picture taker, but I like to have them. I like to have the year documented. That's why I like to do the calendar. I like looking back. So whenever we're, you know, doing anything, I tend to take a ton of pictures. I stop the, I'm like, let me get a picture of you guys. You know, especially my extended family, I mean, spends less and less time together. And so it makes a lot of sense to gather and take pictures. And my husband's grandfather just passed away. And like, I have so many this is my kid's great grandfather and I have so many pictures of my kids with him because I was probably very annoying but every time I'm together we're like let's take a picture let's take a picture but it's such a treasure to have them you know it's worth it it's worth it and sometimes people goof on you for being the picture person but just ignore those people they're terrible but it, it mean you need to have the picture I am the picture taker but I'm not the calendar maker like send grandpa an ornament with the kids faces like I just don't take it to that next level but you know who does my dad my dad is the gatherer of family memories and to shutterfly books and stuff and you need somebody whose superpower that is around you you can share superpowers that's what I'm realizing it's like the league of justice you don't all have to have the same superpower that would be dumb if you all have the same superpower it would be overwhelming also let me point out something Kimberly says that I like in this category that she says we celebrate half birthdays every year you can also pick your things and we've talked about this before my mom made amazing Halloween costumes and that wasn't super appealing to me but I make my kids very elaborate birthday cakes that's my one thing and so I don't try to do all 40 things we don't celebrate half birthdays we do birthdays and everybody gets to order a cake and I make like pretty elaborate cakes a full sports car and you know the construction site with the sugary dirt and the you know trucks roaming around in it 
And that's my thing. And I think that can be a good way to think of it, too. Like your superpower, your one thing. Maybe you don't decorate for the holidays, but you do birthday mornings. You always have balloons and cards and songs at the breakfast table. Those are the things your kids are going to remember. They're not going to be like, uh, the inflatables weren't great that year. They're not going to remember it. They're going to remember the special things. But don't feel like every day and everything has to be special because you'll go insane. Can we go back to a superpower that's really just for you and it's really worthy of recognition? Nikki says she has super ears when vacuuming. I can be listening to a podcast and vacuuming and I can still hear when I vacuum up something that should not be and I can tell what it is. Ooh, that's a Lego. Ooh, that's a tiny calico critter drinking glass. (laughs) That's a good superpower. Amy, we're heading into speed round of superpowers. Okay. Alicia is good at fostering creativity, imagination, and passions. Nice. I like it. Heike says, I joke that my superpower is answering challenging questions in succinct answers that are age appropriate. Can I send my kids to your house? Yeah, no, you're good at that, Amy. That's got to be one of your superpowers. Succinct answers? No. Well, maybe you're not succinct, but you're like, I have some research to show you. Yeah. Jennifer says teaching her kids about nature is her superpower. This is an absolute non-superpower of mine. I don't like nature. I don't want to be in nature. And I, my kids will have to just go out on their own and find nature. Rebecca says she can make a themed costume super quickly. Last summer, my kids' summer camp had themed days my kids would never tell me about until 8.30 the night before. And she sent them on the bus with costumes. Good for you, Rebecca. And let me tell you, that's the kind of mom that everyone looks at and they're like, they must be good at everything. But no, that's just her one superpower. That's the thing. That's just her thing. Erica, Kimberly, Courtney, and Stephanie are all good at the super mom superpower of finding things. It's not lost until mom can't find it, guys. <laughs> Which means it's never lost. Never really lost. It's not the best. My husband's a little bit of a better finder. Uni, I believe is how you would say that name, is good at getting projects done even with small kids around. Painted several large rooms in our house with a one-year-old and a three-year-old underfoot. That's a superpower. Wow. Yeah. And Kate says she's so, so, so good at dressing herself and her daughter for the exact weather conditions, degree, wind chill, and humidity. I'm going to finish strong with Lindsay, Amy. Okay. Her superpower is that she doesn't have mom guilt. I just heard too many moms who were amazing be so hard on themselves before I had my son, and I made the decision I wouldn't think negatively of myself as a mother. I'm not perfect, but I recently had a big realization that in 2020, being a good mom is being set up in such a way as to involve feeling guilty, and I refuse to feel guilty anymore. I don't know if it's new for 2020, but I love the simple refusal to take part. I think that's a great superpower. And unlike a lot of these superpowers, I'm not going out in nature and I'm not going to get good at finding things. Well, you do go in the backyard. That's not nature, though. Like you're not wandering. I don't want to be in the woods. I don't want to like jump in a stream. I'm not friends with nature. I don't want animals to be around. Just fresh air in close proximity to your dwelling place. Yeah, like drinking a tiny (laughs) Coke while wrapped up like a Danish baby is not being in nature. That's just being like on my deck. Okay. I mean, I don't want to like explore nature with my children. Just want to understand it clearly. Yep. Yeah, I hear you. It's an important (laughs) clarification. But I do think this mom guilt one is such a good one. And Guys, I hope everyone takes something from this episode, which is we should be patting ourselves on the back more often. Yeah. And we should be shouting our superpowers a little bit more often. And we should also be asking the people we know to observe and be nice about our superpowers. Yes. Clark Kent didn't get thanked very often for all the wonderful things Superman did, but he knew that those were great things. 
Yeah. And also, like, let's take that metaphor to a new level, Amy, and just say we're not Clark Kent. No. Everyone knows we're the mom and like we should get a few props for it. Come on, people. Wonder Woman's plane was invisible. That was the point, but it was still very cool. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what happened in this <laughs> metaphor at the end, Amy, but I'm saying everyone should get props for being a super mom. She wasn't like, look at my cool plane. Her plane was invisible, but it was still really cool. She didn't need for people to see it to know that it was cool. I feel it. I feel it. I know where you're going. All right, moms, keep up your superpowers. We see you. We think you're awesome. And we will talk to you next week. Hang in there, guys. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.